you know, it's important to also share with our children that sometimes we haven't always got things right. And that's another important thing for resilience as well, to know that our parents aren't always perfect and sometimes we've got things wrong. But we can share these with the, our children and tell them what we learned from them. And that, as a parent, is as, as valuable as leaping into the school and, and trying to sort out a friendship issue, maybe talking about something that's happened to us will help our children learn and, and then be able to cope with the situation. Hi, welcome to the Shame Parenting Podcast, where we discuss real parenting issues. Being a parent is the biggest and most important job you will ever do. So we feel it's normal and natural for parents to look for good quality, reliable information, which has a strong evidence base behind it. My name is Suzanne Pearson, and I'm the director and founder of Shame Parenting. Shame Parenting has been supporting parents and professionals since 2009, and we work hard to normalise parenting support and make this easily available to all parents and professionals, which is why we've put together an interesting and informative series of podcasts for you to enjoy. Now, all that's left is for you to tune in, sit back and enjoy the episode. So welcome back to our Sharing Parenting podcast. So today I'm here with Claire and Nina and I'm Ginny. So our question today, um, our parenting question is, my eight-year-old daughter keeps falling out with her best friend. Should I get involved? Again, I think like a really common question. Um, So yeah, what do we think about that? I mean, my initial thing is no. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's you have to find out what's happening, don't you? I think always listening and taking notice of your daughter at this point um and not belittling what she's saying because some things as adults we might think oh my goodness that's really i don't know um ridiculously silly but to her it's obviously a big thing if she's falling out with her friend um so just touching on that a bit claire sorry it was um you talked about the listening so in sharing parenting we call that active listening mm-hmm. don't we yeah so um which is really nice what you said because it's kind of not just hearing the words but it's like listening to maybe the body language around that and kind of what they actually mean by that and as you said it as a an adult it's really hard for us um well it's easy for us sometimes to belittle that or just think well it's not a problem like why are they worrying about this thing but if we're actually actively listening then we are tapping into all of those so we're not just um sort of sugarcoating it really yeah yeah and i think if there are problems and they're falling out it's like i said earlier it's important to them so it's making the time like you said to listen and giving them the full attention and find out what's happening and then our usually our thing as a parent, isn't it? We want to try and fix. That's that's our go-to. We want to try and fix the problem because our our biggest thing we don't want our children to be upset. You know, we want to look after them. We want to make sure that they're happy. We want to make sure that they're safe. So maybe us fixing it would be to go up to school or talk to the parents. But we need to think: what is that teaching our children? You know, is that giving our children? The tools to deal with things themselves and and it's giving them the tools 
to perhaps go back and see what's happening with these friendships and um I think, yeah, exactly what you're saying. And, and fixing is much quicker. for As a parent, it's much quicker for us in the short term to just fix a problem, isn't it? But I think we're kind of thinking long term. Is that what you think, Nina, in terms of mm. the suitcases we talked about before? Yeah, so I think when, when these uh, situations occur, we can almost look at it as an opportunity for them to learn something. So when they come to us and we actively listen, it's really important that we also don't just come in and say, well, you should do this. We want to try and give them the opportunity to say, to explore with them what they could do. And maybe if we do feel that they, they come up with something that isn't practical or perhaps isn't going to work, then we could guide them or we could give them some other options. But it's really important to give them a little bit of ownership. And then that gives them the opportunity then to, to try these things out and hopefully then we're giving them skills for later life. So thinking back to that suitcase and the skills that we would like to give them for when they leave home, this is an opportunity for them to build those skills and also it's a really good opportunity for them to build a little bit of resilience. So these things aren't always a bad thing, although it can feel bad for the child at the time and, and for us as well as adults because we're quite protective of our children. It is. It can be a good thing because sometimes um, adults or, or young adults that haven't had any of these opportunities to explore these things can really struggle when they get older and then they are confronted with these issues. So if we can be there and be the cheerleader for them to, to um, navigate these difficult situations, it actually can be a really good skill and a really good opportunity for them. So it's, it's, it's a really, really important thing for us to do. It's a good one for us to think about, I think, in that way, because I think when we are presented with that, and as you say, we, um, we, we, I mean, ultimately, we have to keep our children safe. That's our number one job is to make sure that they're safe. So maybe we will talk a little bit more about when it is appropriate for us to get involved. But I think if we are actively listening, then we will be able to pick that up sooner or later. We will know um, whether it's appropriate for us to be involved or not. And we talked about, as I say, sort of the, the fixing and how sort of quick it is. But when you mentioned resilience, I was kind of thinking, you know, what do we mean by resilience? What does resilience mean? Because we hear a lot about resilience, don't we? And it's a really good word. But I think maybe just in sort of layman's terms, how would we describe resilience? I think resilience is our ability to um, adapt and to deal with difficult times. And so... When we think about it with children, it can be things like small little relationship things, which at the time can be a really big deal for them. If they're able to deal with those things at this age, then they'll be more likely to be able to deal with them when they get older and there are perhaps bigger things that they need to deal with. But if you've never had that uh, opportunity to deal with these things when they're smaller, then if you're suddenly confronted with them as an adult, they, they can overcome you. So resilience is that opportunity to build that resistance to be able to cope difficult things when, when they happen. And, and everyone will experience difficult things in their lifetime, but it just means that you're more able to cope. 
Yeah, so it's about sort of being able to cope, yeah, when things are not going well. And actually, that's life, isn't it? You know, we none of us have a journey which is everything is perfect. And actually, even if it, if we do, I think as soon as we become to a problem, then we're probably in a bigger problem than if we've never experienced things going wrong. So I remember speaking to somebody and she said that she'd always done really well at school and um, until she got to her A-level exam and she'd forgotten gotten to turn the page over that's sort of a classic one so she'd got right to the end of the exam and realized there was a whole host of questions that she'd missed but she just froze because she'd never had that before she'd never experienced getting things wrong before so she had no nothing in a toolbox to kind of draw on you know so if we have that experiences where things are going wrong we've actually uh, giving ourselves skills for the future so we can kind of say oh actually I remember that happened before um, and I I survived and everything was okay and I felt bad at the time but actually um, I did this and this and this and I might try that again because that got me through and I and it got me into a better place. Mm-hmm. We often talk about things I think when we learn more don't we when things go wrong than actually when things are going right mm-hmm. So, as you said, it's uncomfortable and it's not a nice feeling, but it's actually, it's a really good time for us to learn. And perhaps if we see it as a learning opportunity. And the other thing we can do as parents is we can share when we've gone through this, we're all children ourselves. We're all likely to have some relationship difficulties at some point with our friendship groups. And we can share that good and bad. You know, it's important to also share with our children that sometimes we haven't always got things right. And that's another important thing for resilience as well, to know that our parents aren't always perfect and sometimes we've got things wrong. But we can share these with our children and tell them what we learned from them. And that, as a parent, is as as valuable as leaping into the school and, and trying to sort out a friendship issue, maybe talking about something that's happened to us will help our children learn and, and then be able to cope with the situation. Mm. Yeah, I also think redefining that, redefining the um, best friend myth almost. Um, Talking about, you know, having lots of different friends, you know, not just having one best friend that your child will rely on all the time. Because if that friend is ill for the day or if they move away, how is your child going to cope in those situations? Talking about different friends for different um, situations. You know, you might have a friend that really loves art like your child does or another friend who really likes swimming. So you can have different friends for different reasons. And also, like Nina said, you know, modelling that with you, you know, say, well, look at my friends, you know. I found different friends at different times. They've come in and out of my life, but they've given me something at different times. And explaining you don't have to have one friend forever you're going to meet different people all the way through your lives and everyone can bring something else you know something else positive to you and it's just having that resilience again going back to that word to be able to meet new people and to be able to find those common grounds of new people that you meet 
Yeah, no, I think that's really important to know. And um, two things that you touched on really there was was one, well, the empathy when you talked about the empathy. So relating to your children and saying, you know, um, things weren't always perfect for me or things are not always perfect for me. And I think we start that, don't we, in sharing parenting and, and raising children. We always talk about, you know, what is the perfect parent? Well, actually, they don't exist. And, and I think, you know, when we say that, you can just see people's shoulders just relaxing mm-hmm. because... You know, we all want to be perfect and we want our children to be perfect. We want life to be perfect. And when it doesn't go that way, then I think, you know, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves. But actually, if we're striving for perfect, then we are probably setting ourselves up to fail. But if we're striving for good enough, then that's, you know, one good thing. But I think, um, and as you said, if we say to our children, you know, well, actually, I've got lots of friends and I go to maybe a book group here and I've got other friends that I went to school with here. And and actually, if we just articulate that, if we say that out loud to them, oh, I'm off to see my other friend or I'm off to see things, so that they get to actually sort of hear. And we talk about modelling and sharing parenting. What we mean by modelling is showing and doing rather than just saying so I think that that's a really good one that you've mentioned there Claire about sort of um talk about how we are with our friends or how we are in our lives and and as you said you know we will come to experiences in life where we might have to go without our friends or we might have to try something new and we don't want to um, stop that opportunity for them by always thinking that they always have to be with their friends yeah yeah it's like um my oldest daughter who's just finished her GCSE she's going to go off to college and yes yeah, she's worried about meeting new people she's got none of her friends from secondary school going with her and she is anxious about it but she's got the tools in her toolbox like we talk about with Sharon Perring to actually go and give it a go and we as parents can say it'll be fine but at the moment for her it's not feeling fine and you know we can't make promises like that as parents but have making sure that they have those tools in the toolbox to give things a go and if things don't go very well then how can they change it and it's having that conversation after if they've gone into school or anything to try something when they came back just how did it go? And if it didn't go well, what do you think you could do next time? What do you think went wrong? Or what do you think went right? And just discussing that with your child. And I think nine times out of ten, with friendship groups at school, it can be just a case of they go back into school and everything's fine. Um, we kind of then have to look at, like we said at the beginning, look at what's going. I mean, is this a consistent thing? And then it's keeping an eye and talking and keeping those conversations going and just being aware of what is happening and then I think knowing the time to perhaps pop into school or talk to a teacher if it is consistent you know and then if it is turning into bullying then perhaps that's when we need to step in and um, and just see what the school are doing and if they're aware of, of these things that are happening. So what would be the warning signs of maybe thinking, okay, this is not something that I'm going to just leave with my child. This is something that I feel like I do need to step in. What would make you think I need to step in a little bit now? I think my, I think it's the consistent, perhaps not wanting to go to school. Um, With a lot of children, they'll turn their anxiety and worries into a 
a physical tummy ache, if they complain about tummy ache consistently. If a teacher, I mean, getting to the point of if a teacher's just contacting you saying something's not quite right, you know, they're not happy, they're not wanting to come into school. And it's going to be all of those things, I think, that, that you know, put red flags up to make you think. I mean, you know your children well enough. There'll be things that you'll just think, you know, going off their food, not wanting to do things, shutting themselves away from the rest of the family. It's going to be those things that you'll notice as a parent that is going to, you know, like I said, put red flags up. Yeah, so um, not sort of rushing down to school first time it happens then, or, you know, if they come home in tears, then, you know, maybe not automatically, rush, you know, thinking they'll run need to get involved, but perhaps first start with the active listening, find out a little bit more, talk about your own experiences, and then trying to get them to come up with some solutions themselves. Yeah, give them the opportunity to try and work it out, but then if it's not resolving, that's when you then may explore going into school. Children will have sessions in school about bullying, so they will know about bullying and they should know where they need to go, but sometimes it might be having that conversation with them to say, actually, this looks a bit like bullying, giving them the opportunity to perhaps go to their teacher, but if they're not feeling confident, then that's when we, again, we might then intervene if we feel that they're not able to do that. But they should be familiar with it, so it might be just exploring that with them as well and seeing if they feel that it is bullying. Mm, yeah and giving them that like you said like Nina said you know giving them that opportunity that they can go to people at school you know because they have them talking about our suitcase again like we've talked about before that's a really good trait for them to have how can they sort it out for themselves so giving them those ideas is there anyone at school you could talk to and like Nina said they will have had these lessons in school they'll know who they can go and talk to they usually is a a, um, a safe adult, you know, teaching assistant or anyone that they feel safe going to. That's really good, actually. And as you said, you know, they, they will have a good relationship at school. And as parents, I think we have good relationships with the school as well. Um, obviously, don't want to bombard them and don't want to be there all the time. And I think as children get older... I, I think certainly when you go to the secondary schools, there is a big shift perhaps for children and parents. Maybe I often think more for parents than children when it goes into secondary school because we, the, our children become friends with children who perhaps we don't know. Um, and in, mostly during primary school, we know the children, we know the parents and, and suddenly it's all very unfamiliar. But actually, if we've already given our children the skills to sort these issues out themselves, then they will take that through to secondary school and we don't need to be as involved but as you say unless it becomes um, a problem where we are really sort of noticing that there is a consistency to, or reluctance to go to school or you can notice like a, a big shift in their behavior and their mood. I think that's a good point as well about going up to secondary school because it's it's going to be so different and they, they'll have a lot more teachers there'll be a lot more teachers coming in and out of classrooms they perhaps haven't they won't build the relationships with the adults in school that they have at primary school and it's then I think really making sure that the um, conversation keeps going between parents and children because you are going to be the one that they'll need to talk to if things like that happen and then you'll be able to signpost them to the right teacher at school it's going to be um, more down to I think the parent just having those conversations 
Yeah, and I liked what you said at the beginning um, uh, as well about saying to your children, you know, who could you speak to at school? Who would be the person that you could go to? Because there will be somebody and there will be somebody that they feel more comfortable with as well rather than us just saying, well, you must go and speak to them, so you must do this and actually letting it come from them rather than from us, again, sort of giving that responsibility. Okay, so I think that brings us to the end of this session. So it's really good. Um, a few takeaways there. I mean, we talked a lot about resilience. We talked about the active listening. Um, we talked about um, when it's harmful, when we do need to get involved. And we talked about best friends and that labelling and sort of not putting pressure on a best friend, but perhaps sort of allowing them to have lots of friends and um, being sort of open-minded about that and looking at the benefits of of them going through some struggles and you know so actually it is giving them skills for the future so that was brilliant thank you very much if you want to know more about the, the strategies that we've talked about today or anything else we have lots on our website which is www.sharingparenting.com and there are some online videos too if you prefer sort of visual rather than audio um, but take a look that's great and we'll see you in the next episode soon thank you thank you thank you We hope you enjoyed that episode. If you would like more information or have a parenting question about anything we have discussed or want to find out more about parent support, please visit our website, sharingparenting.com. Here you can find written articles, videos with positive strategies, a range of courses and workshops and loads of information. Thank you for listening and we look forward to you joining us next time.